Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the In Defense of Humanity talk show call. My name is Al Whitney. I'm the founder of AntiCorruptionSociety.com, and I co-host the RBN weekly show, In Defense of Humanity, with my fabulous friend, Ingrid Castle of VacLib.com. Org. .org. Oh, thank you for correcting that. Yes, bad mistake. .org. (laughs) Okay, this talk show call series was created to expose the fact that war has been declared against the American people and explore strategies for defending ourselves. Tonight we're going to explore the significance of the birth certificate in our current corporate legal system and look at information provided in the Lawfully Yours Guide as a tool to neutralize the authority government believes the birth certificate gives them over us. The Lawfully Yours Guide is available as a free download for everyone. We, we referred to it many times, and we will continue to refer to it. You can find it on the Anti-Corruption Society website. If you look at the tabs at the top, one of the tabs is Lawfully Yours. Click on that, and you will see a description of what it is, what this guide is meant to do, what kind of information it offers, as well as you'll find a way to download a link for downloading it and a link to purchase a hard copy if that's what you want to do. So let's talk a little bit about the birth certificate. Uh, I'm going to quote some information that was provided by Barefoot's World, which is a a fabulous website, barefootsworld.com. And the article on Barefoot's World was called Parents Patriae. So here goes. We're going to quote some of the wonderful information provided in that article. Quote, under most religious law, the children belong to the parents. It is a moral obligation on the part of the parents to care for and educate their children in their existing social values and morals. In 1921, the Federal Shepherd-Towner Maternity Act was passed creating birth registration, or what we know now as the birth certificate. It was known as the Maternity Act and was sold to the American people as a law that would reduce maternal and infant mortality, protect the health of mothers and infants, and for other purposes. Prior to 1921, the records of births and names of children were entered into family Bibles, as were the records of marriages and deaths. These records were readily accepted by both the family and the law as official. Since 1921, the American people have been registering the births and names of their children with the government of the state in which they are born, even though there is no federal law requiring it. Unquote. Now let's talk a little bit about other purposes. 
other purposes. The state claims an interest in every child within its jurisdiction, telling the parents that registering their child's birth through the birth certificate serves as proof that he or she was born within territories of the United States, thereby making him or her a United States citizen. Here is a a quote from a wonderful book called Fruit from a Poisonous Tree by attorney Melvin Stamper, giving us a little bit more insight as to what this birth certificate really means. Quote, Edward Mandel House had this to say in a private meeting with Woodrow Wilson. He was the president from 1913 to 1921. This quote is from the private papers of Woodrow Wilson. Very soon, every American will be required to register their biological property in a national system designed to keep track of the people and that will operate under the ancient system of pledging. By such methodology, we can compel people to submit to our agenda, which will affect our security as a chargeback for our fiat paper currency. Every American will be forced to register or suffer not being able to work or earn a living. They will be our chattel, and we will hold the security interest over them forever by operation of the law merchant under the scheme of secured transactions. Americans, by unknowingly or unwittingly delivering the bills of lading to us, will be rendered bankrupt and insolvent forever to remain economic slaves through taxation secured by their pledges. They will be stripped of their rights and given a commercial value designed to make us a profit, and they will be none the wiser, for not one man in a million could ever figure our plans out, and if by accident one or two would figure it out, we have in our arsenal plausible deniability. After all, this is the only logical way to fund government by floating liens and debt to the registrants in the forms of benefits and privileges. This will inevitably reap to us huge profits beyond our wildest expectations and leave every American a contributor to this fraud, which we will call social insurance. Without realizing it, every American will assure us for any loss we may incur in this manner. Every American will unknowingly be our servant, however begrudgingly. The people will become helpless and without any hope for their redemption, and we will employ the high office of the president of our dummy corporation to foment this plot against America, unquote. And that is directly from Mandel House. So moving along, now we see that the other purposes were already in place when they started birth registration. Back to the the Barefoot's World Parents Parenti article. In 1933, bankruptcy was covertly declared by President Roosevelt. The governors of the then 48 states pledged the full faith and credit of their states, including the citizenry, as collateral for loans of credit from the Federal Reserve System. With the birth registration established, the federal government, under the doctrine of parents patriae, had the mechanism 
to take over all assets of the American people and put them into debt in perpetuity. Parents without full disclosure under law make application for birth certificate, thereby making the child a citizen of the corporate government known as the United States. The government then turns the new citizen into a corporation, a legal fiction, under the laws of the state. The birth information is collected by the state and is then turned over to the U.S. Department of Commerce. The corporation, which would be the birth certificate, is then placed into a trust known as a sesquicue trust, unquote. So adding to that, we, we can surmise that the rules, regulations, and statutes that the corporate government passes only applies to the all-caps corporation, which is connected to the birth certificate. That's what people need to understand, that it is that birth certificate that they created, that they own, and that they pass rules and regulations that apply to that birth certificate. Moving on to a, a wonderful piece that Judge Dale wrote about the corporation. And this you can get in his wonderful book uh, booklet, I guess it is, The Great American Adventure. That is available on the Anti-Corruption Society website homepage. It's a free download. <clears throat> so this is what the judge had to say. A corporation is a fictional character or entity in law created by the government, which makes that fictional character or entity the intellectual property of the government, but you're never told that. Corporations can own any number of other corporations, but they can never own a flesh and blood human beings. All laws created under the parent corporation will essentially become corporate laws and regulations to govern the parent corporation and all subordinate or subcorporations owned by the parent. These corporate laws and regulations are called statutes, and their effect and control over human beings is deceptively obtained by consent through civil contracts. Look up the word person in any modern law dictionary, and you will see that a person is regarded as a corporation and not a flesh and blood human being. These civil contracts were secured by and through several federal and state voluntary registration programs designed to convert and enslave flesh and blood American citizens of the Republic into corporate property. Legally, these civil contracts lacked mutuality, meaning that all registrants must understand the true nature and intent of the contract and subsequently must knowingly accept or consent to the terms of the contract. The government's subversive tactic, tactics perverts mutuality and lawfully eliminates any and all contractual relationships as historically established by the International Law of Contracts, also known as the Uniform Commercial Code. So, that's what we're up against. 
they have created a corporate fiction, a legal fiction called the birth certificate. They've given it all caps, and that is what they have control over. It is their property. And that's what we're hoping people will start to understand, Ingrid, that they cannot, they, their rules apply to the birth certificate. Unless we consent, their rules and their regulations do not apply to flesh and blood living men, women, or children. Correct. It would be very nice if more and more people would understand that because they'd be a lot less nervous, I think, about what's going on, and they would start to, to learn what it, what it means to deny them consent and to hold them to a standard of contract law, which no one seems to be holding them to right now. Right. In fact, you went through what contract law is. You know, you have to have all these conditions for a contract to be valid. And this is what government has been doing is that we have a lot of um, invalid contracts that they're claiming are valid through the first contract being the birth certificate. Correct. Consider a contract between the, the mother and the state. Right. And 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 her registering of her of her of her baby. Mm-hmm. And for the record, if everyone hasn't seen, they need to see uh, Meet Your Straw Man because it's a very short, sweet, wonderful little kind of cartoonish-like explanation of this exact thing that I've got done describing of how the birth certificate is what they own. Now. It seems to be difficult for people to understand that a dead legal fiction corporation has no authority over a living flesh and blood man or woman. And, you know, I I struggle with why people don't understand that. But I, I understand that that's been our whole world, our whole life. So we have been taught that this is a legitimate government. We have not been taught that this is just a corporation. And if people knew that, that this corporation is is uh, tricking you into registering things, tricking you in, into signing and consenting, uh, I think the gig would be up, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, without any uh, without any weapons. All of a sudden, we say to them, "Show me the contract." <clears throat> so. Moving along, then I'm hoping people will start to understand in lawfully years why we've taken the approach of using a vaccination notice to let the school know, let our doctors know, let our employers know that we are not consenting to their request. Now, they want us to believe it's a mandate, but again, the corporation has no authority to mandate anything over living flesh and blood men, women, and children. Right. But they use the word so that we are absolutely convinced that they have the authority to do what they're doing. It's really difficult to get people to understand they don't. Um, I, I think, you know, Al, I think if people understood uh, or actually explored what the basis of law is, and you, you you always need to ask from where do you get your authority? That's the most foundational question. 
when someone is trying to compel you to do something, where, you know, what document, what did I sign, where's the contract, what gives you the authority to tell me to do anything? Right. And you've got to explore that. Yes. And you know what I think as children, we know how to do that. I remember telling my mom, or I remember telling my brother and sister, you're not the boss of me. I mean, it was like, we know that as children. <laughs> I see my grandchildren do that to each other all the time. You're not the boss of me. So it's like we're born with this. You know, who told you you can boss me around? And then obviously in our public schools and in other areas in our employment, then we are we are pretty much beaten down and convinced that they have the authority to tell us what to do. Right. But children are not born that way, trust me. You probably know that as well, right? They don't. You know, but you know, they they do this intimidation tactics, you know, with the flashing lights. I mean, you know, anyone that sees a cop car pull up behind them is extremely intimidating, those flashing lights. They they immediately instill fear into anyone that sees those, you know, and then the siren and all of that. Yeah. And, you know, with their guns and badges and, you know, their ability to just lock you up and throw you in the backseat of their car and, you know, haul you off. I mean, all of that is intimidation tactic. Well, and the whole courtroom scene with yeah. with the judge, you know, at, at a higher level, you know, with his black robe and you've got the bailiff who's armed. Yeah. I mean, that is all done to intimidate you. And in, in our courts, and I think, I don't know about yours, when the last time you were in the courtroom... Um, to get in the building, you have to go through metal detector and everything. You're not even allowed to walk into the building. Right. <coughs> so, excuse me, then when you go to public meetings, and I've done this, I've gone to city council. <clears throat> to speak at city council in our area, you have to go, you have to go through the detectors, okay, be searched basically. Then you have to fill out a card. And you have to put your name, your address, and and then you go and you wait for them to call on people to speak. They give you two to three minutes. They tell you where you have to stand, and they allow you to talk. They don't respond at all. You're allowed to say your piece, and then you're expected to leave and not cause any disturbance whatsoever. Right. Now, that's all about intimidation, and, and it, where we are... The city council room uh, in Columbus, Ohio, the city council people are in elevated platforms above the main floor. Yes, same. Same thing, right? And then there's like there's like a gate to separate them. And these are in larger cities. I mean, you're in Columbus, you know, the capital in Ohio, and, and the, usually the county seat has a setup like that, but in smaller towns, you know, 500 or less, you're all on the same level. Okay. I'm just telling you, you know, they usually don't have, the, the, you know, they can't afford all this. Oh, in Columbus, they, they afford a very, very, very intimidating, expensive, big stone building, you know, monuments on the outside. They, they when they built City Hall, they did not mess around. Yeah. Um. But we're, you know, we're still back to the same, the same issue that this is the corporation doing business, right? And when the corporation and the and the states decide to pass laws uh, eliminating what people have relied on, which is their exe- vaccine exemptions, 
you and I understand they're going to leave you with two choices, and, and both you and I agree the first best choice is to pull your children out of their schools. That's, well, yes. That is the, that's the best choice. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I don't know that everyone is going to be able to do that. It is my hope and your hope that they will come up with more and more creative ways to do that and to remove their children from these institutions. Right. Well, there's a lot of people out west that are looking at forming communities, you know, so they can, um, you know, take care of, uh, you know, children in a more of a communal situation and save, you know, some expenses. Yeah. It's very, very difficult for parents uh, today, you know, uh, to make it without both parents working and there's the daycare and the licensing and all that. So there's several people that are looking at, you know, I I know out west here you can go online. There's all kinds of communities forming to deal with this issue. Well, and I think that's wonderful. And maybe at some point in the future you and I can do a program on, on alternatives to the public educational system because, that is, if, that is, you and I, after looking at Common Core, have concluded that is your that is your best alternative is to get them out. Right. No question about it. <clears throat> and the second alternative, of course, is to use the vaccine vaccination notice to inform the school, inform the physician um, that you are not consenting to their authority and that you cannot consent to their request to vaccinate your child unless they consent to accept the liability for any harm or injury. Right. Um, Which is done intentionally for people who are listening to this call and haven't heard other conversations about that. That was added intentionally as a condition to give the appearance that, that we're cooperating. We're happy to cooperate. As right. long as you're willing to take the liability, knowing full well that neither the employer nor the school nor the physician nor the public health nurse is going to take the liability for any harm or injury that the vaccine might cause. Right. And if they had to, then you bet your bippy that they would change what's going on with vaccines, right? Absolutely. Um, no doubt about it. But... This birth certificate, a lot of people have talked about, you know, lose the name. You and I talked about that. And we also talked about how difficult it is to to have a job, to go to work, to buy food, to have a bank account, to earn to actually manage your money without a bank account. They have made this whole system so all-encompassing with that birth certificate slash social security number right? that it becomes very, very difficult. I've been told there are ways to open a bank account without a birth certificate or a social security number. I know someone who did recently because I thought, you know, people have done that historically. I know people that have done that historically, but I thought in this day and age that would be difficult, but I know someone that did that in central Idaho. Well, and I think that's great. I, 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 you know, think more, more and more people should learn how to do that. But the other thing that I wanted to mention on this call is that it said in that article that I read from Barefoot's World that it wasn't a federal law to get a birth certificate. Now, 
I have to say, this is what this is what he said. Uh, since 1921, the American people have been registering the births and names of their children with the government of the state in which they are born, even though there's no federal law requiring it. Now, you explored the, that for uh, for some period with a bunch of other people, as I recall, who were attempting to educate people how to give birth to a baby and not have a birth certificate. How did that go? Well, it was fine. In fact, um, after the birth, and they did their own certificate of live birth, and that's what they had for her, and they were it was witnessed in the whole thing. This is in uh, Virginia. Um, she was hemorrhaging so bad, the mother, she ended up in the hospital, and amazingly, she was admitted and not the baby, and the baby was with her the whole time. Wow. Uh, you know, there's a power of prayer and some of this stuff. So, but unfortunately, she um, she ended up going. In fact, I just heard from her uh, recently, but she ended up leaving the country. And in order to get a passport, and uh, this has happened to several people, they um, it's very difficult to travel uh, without making a lot of plans ahead of time and getting a certain type of passport, and you have to really know what you're doing. And so. Um, they forced her to get a birth certificate on um, her baby in order to get a passport. Now, and now they're in another country. And they just found out her husband was admitted to this country. That was a huge thing, a very small country of less than a million people. So to my knowledge, no one can get a passport without a birth certificate. Is that true? Um, it it can, yeah, it can be done. I mean, but it would, um, could be difficult. I know at one time. As far as I know, there's always ways around this stuff, but it takes a lot more research than I put into it. Right. Right. And I, I know someone who travels without a passport with countries that agree to, you know, this other form of, identification. Uh, That's what I was going to bring up. It it seems to me that I ran across a couple years ago the idea of a universal passport, Mm -hmm. which is not the same thing, and that may be what you're talking about, where you can get this other form of passport and it's accepted in most countries. Well, I would, you know, it's not anything I'd want to record on the call. I mean, I'd have to call my friend who has been traveling around without a driver's license or any license with the state. Right. And, um, but he says he can't get into Canada. He can get into other countries and travel and fly, but Canada is not reciprocal with this particular type of identification. So that, you know, I agree with you on the call. I'm not going to tell anybody they can do that. I would certainly invite them to investigate it. You know, um, but at the same time, if you if you look at that, they really are pushing everyone into the birth certificate and the all caps name. Mm-hmm. So understanding how to not consent to all the terms and conditions they want to apply, and and all the presumptions they want to make is really critical. Uh, even my husband, he was born at home. He had no birth certificate. Then he decided he wanted to get a passport, and he had to contact the state of his birth, and they conjured up some kind of a passport for him. Right. 
So now he has a, a birth certificate. So right. um, there's no way he could have traveled without it. They would not issue a passport. Right. Okay, well, let's open up the call. I mean, I it seems to me we have a couple guests on. Are they on the phone? I tried to solicit some kind of questions. I I was oh. hoping, frankly, it's- this call would be dialoguing and asking questions and sharing experiences and so... Is no. there anyone that has anything to... Angry, they're not on the phone. They're not on the phone. Okay, well, they're on the chat. They're on the chat. So it's possible that... that I, I think it's it's important that some people... I, I know I've done that myself. We listen and we learn and we read and we listen and learn and read. And then we start to get a, a bit clearer picture of what's going on. And when it comes to the birth certificate, gosh, there's all kinds of information out there. I know... You you were familiar with some of the information that Kate of Gaia has put out there. Right. And there is others. There's just tons of information if people want to start researching this. But understanding that this is this is the um this is the handcuffs that they have on you is this perception that they have control over you. And it's all based on that birth certificate. And that's where people really, once they understand that, it's my hopes that they'll get even more creative of ways of denying them consent. Right. And and eliminating that presumption. Because that arrangement between the registration that your mother did when you were born by signing that live birth record that was all done in fraud, even... Mantle House admits that people would not know that they're pledging their children as surety for the debt. Right. Not one in a million, he said, would figure it out. Well, and then they wouldn't believe it. And they, they this is this is what we deal with a lot, and you and I, and people have a hard time believing that they would pull such a scam, and it's just it it defies. Uh, you know, it kind of flies in the face of a sense of conscience and what's right and just. And it's like, really? Would they really do that? And yes, they will. <laughs> yes, they have. Yes, they have. Yeah, this is the whole game. This is what the whole game has been from the very beginning is for the bankers to enslave different countries, setting up a central bank and enslaving the people by setting up a corporation. If right. we weren't set up as a corporation, our federal government, um, you know, Abe Lincoln, you know, paid off the Civil War debt. We would still be paying into that debt. He was able to pay it off because our country was sovereign and was able to coin our own currency in order to pay off the international bankers. That's why he was murdered. And after that, they went in, you know, they went in and uh, changed quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was part of the whole game, you know. The four, uh, 13th Amendment was changed allegedly to free the Negro slaves, and the 14th Amendment made everyone slaves. Right. And it was a whole game, and it wasn't even, you know, passed. Um, lawfully. They did, lawfully, because they didn't even have a quorum. They they didn't have uh, the southern states. Right. So, I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, the whole the nature of the fraud. But, um, yeah, we sent out um, Anna Von Wright's... Uh, She's a judge in Alaska, and her six to seven page document, and it has a lot of history there. But 
it could be a little tighter, I think. We're, we're looking at, um, into that document for anyone that wants to uh, keep posted on that. Um, right. I think there's some questions I have about it and how to even utilize it. So. Yeah, and that's gonna we're gonna we're gonna be be doing more looking at that because she's done some good stuff. She's been posted on quite a few websites. Um, I have a piece that she wrote, posted on Anti-Corruption Society. She talks about again. She talks about she talks about this dead legal fiction person that they created with the with the um, with the birth certificate. Uh-huh. And and she really, really makes a case in in this little piece that I posted on the source document page, Anti-Corruption Society. If you scroll down and click on the orchestrated plan to deceive and enslave the American people, the orchestrated plan to deceive and enslave the American people, you're going to get this little piece by Judge Anavon Wright where she is exposing some of the history that you were referring to in this other document that she recently released. Um, but she talks in this piece, uh, This the last article is called The Nut is Cracked, and she posted this August 1st, 2014. And we're back again to the birth certificate. Uh-huh. Um, there are dozens of different potential meanings that can be arbitrarily assigned to anyone's name and used to represent radically different entities. In a verbal conversation, we could talk all day about someone or something named John Quincy Adams. And which John Quincy Adams, or what kind of John Quincy Adams, will never be known, except from the context of the conversation. But on paper, the use of such a system instantly defines what or whom is being talked about if you know the system. This is what the lawyers, bankers, and politicians have used to, uh, hold on, I'm quoting from her, to enslave you. It is a crime known as personage. By arbitrarily creating an estate trust, again, we're back to the birth certificate, named after you and claiming to own this thing they created, they have falsely claimed to own you and your assets and to literally buy and sell you on stock exchanges, ship you out of ports, and tax you for doing things you've never done. After all, there's no law against enslaving an estate trust, is there? Uh-uh. Hand in hand with personage comes baritry, the crime of knowingly bringing false claims into court. So what happens every day all across America when charges are brought against the estates of dead men, that's the birth certificate, Uh who are standing right in front of the judge and jury? Uh Baritry, a crime that is appropriately named after the Bar Association. Right. So she's a good one to follow because she understands what this birth certificate person dead legal fiction person is all about and how that is what they're inflicting on us angry and you know that and i you and i talk about this all the time it's just um it would be nice if more and more people would understand that that's what they're dealing with because they would start to see more possibilities right 
And until they do, I'm afraid the possibilities are getting pretty slim, don't you think? Yep, I do. Anyway, I um, if we we do have another person uh, that joined on the call, I believe wasn't is that right with the uh, underlying blue uh, trust or? Do you have a question or do you got a comment? This person's not on the phone, angry. Really? No. Oh, they're just registered. Okay. <laughs> I I get it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's it's my my whole thing is I I would like to you know kind of get settled in. I just got home from work and I'd like to eat some dinner and so. If, uh, well, I think we've covered this for the record, uh, and um, I don't see any calls, any questions in the chat room. I'm glad that people joined us. Um, I hope that what we had to say was a benefit. We can call it quits for now, and anyone who wants to go back and listen to what we said describing the. The fact that the birth certificate is what they have the authority to vaccinate, not the baby. Um, perhaps they can share this. This call will be available. They can click on it anytime and hear it. And we will be back next week, Ingrid, with another topic, right? I would think so. That works for me. Yes, and meanwhile, I will see I, I will see Ingrid. I'll talk to you multiple times this week, and we'll be on Saturday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, on uh, in defense of humanity. Actually, eight o'clock Eastern time. Oh, you're right. You're right. They changed the time. time. Eight o'clock. Thank you. See, it's a good thing you're here. Five o'clock Pacific time. Yeah. <laughs> never go to backlib.com. You'll get a virus. That's, <laughs> it's back. I'm going to change the notes. That's a mistake. Thank you for correcting that. Oh, it's okay. No big deal. Okay, and then I will talk to you this week, and we'll be together again on on Saturday night. That sounds wonderful. Okay. Well, thanks to all our guests, and uh, yes. Uh, a legal fiction is not dead. It never was alive. Good point to end on. Okay, great. Yeah, this That is a thank you, trust. Yes. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay, good night. Okay, night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.